Welcome back to Young Smart Money, show number 19 with me, your host, Apple Kreider, the show where we take on young people who are doing cool stuff entrepreneurially or financially. We take them on, we interview them to get their best practices, their tips and tricks, all of that good stuff and hear about their experiences and how they got there. Today, we've got a very special guest on the show. His name is Nick True from Mapped Out Money. He's basically a digital nomad who travels around teaching people about money, personal finance in a very um, engaging way. So, so we've got him on the show today to talk about networking as a young person and sort of building up that network for your freelancing. Because as we said, he does a lot of freelancing. He's sort of a digital nomad. So he talks a lot about that. And we actually talk about this conference that we're actually both going to be at when this episode goes live. I'm going to be in transit to getting to that conference down in Orlando. It's called FinCon. So we cover on that as well. It's a, it's a jam-packed episode. So let's just get right into it. So today we have Nick True on the show. So Nick, could you give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself? Sort of just tell us what stage of life you're in, where you're from, um, and sort of your background as far as that goes. Sure. So um, my name is Nick True. I am currently, I just turned 25 years old, uh, about two weeks ago now. I am married. I got married pretty young. So I got married at 20. Uh, I've been married for four years now. And uh, as far as stage of life, so I went to college and got a, got a degree in engineering and graduated in 2015. So a couple of years ago now, worked two years as an engineer. And all the time that I was working as an engineer, I was building up kind of a side hustle and um, building up some freelance work on, and while my wife was in school. And then when she graduated school, um, she took a full-time job as a physical therapist. I quit my engineering job to really kind of go after my side hustle full-time, and we actually hit the road. So uh, during that time period, we, we bought a, an, an Airstream travel trailer and a big truck to tow it. And then as of March of this year, my wife has left her job in physical therapy, and she's helping me full-time in the business. So as far as stage of life, we are uh, married, no kids, on the road, traveling full-time, and working remotely. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's a little bit about me dang that's wild well that's really really cool and I, I always love to hear from young people who are like doing cool stuff and breaking free from the sort of nine to five that sort totally. of people, people think is like the norm and the way to go and it's the way their yep. parents went so so i think it's really cool to talk to people who are sort of doing something a little bit different and, yeah. and changing it up a little bit so so i'm glad to have you on the show um so so you're freelancing you're traveling you're up to a ton but one thing that you seem to be really passionate about given the uh, multiple interviews that i've seen you done do on this in the past um, yeah. is sort of networking and, and yeah. making connections with other people. So first of all, this is what we really want to dive into in this episode is sort of networking as, as a college student and sort of how to network as a young person. Yeah. But um, could you just cover what networking actually means to you first of all, so we can get that sure. definition on the table? Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't love the word networking just because, especially in certain circles, it's seen as this, um, I'm going to build relationships so that I can just take from other people. Mm. Um, and so I hate that. So to me, ultimately, when I say networking, what I'm talking about is building real authentic relationships with people in the circles that you care about. And so if that's your career circle, or if that's like, cause you're a, a business owner, then maybe it's in that circle, but it's simply building relationships with people in those circles. Um, and I just fundamentally believe that if you build good relationships with good people, um, it, it, it's going to come back to benefit you at some point in the future, uh, even if you can't see it now. I totally, okay, I'm so on board with this definition, like 110%, <laughs> just because, yeah, I mean, as, as a young person, I really come across, most, a lot of my peers actually um, have this huge negative connotation with networking, just because they think yep. it's, it's all about sort of being fake, going out, throwing yep. business cards at people, and, yep. and sort of, 
I don't know, just trying to get what you can and give totally. as little as possible. So I really like that definition of sort of being able to find find the circles that you're going to um, provide the most value in and also be able to obtain yep. the most value from. So so I really yep. do like that a lot. Now, on a guest podcast that you did for Do You Even Blog, you shared your framework yeah. for connecting with other influencers. Uh, and I think it'd be really valuable for our listeners if you could just walk us through that networking process. Uh, and then we can sort of dive deeper into specific aspects from there. Sure. Yeah. So um, when I was on uh, Pete's show, essentially what I did is, uh, and I'll preface it here because I do think it's important to understand. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple of there's a couple of key reasons that you're going to want to do networking in the first place, if you will. Okay. Um, number one is what most people think of. Um, they think about how they're going to build right, right relationships that are then going to benefit them directly. Yeah. Okay. And so they're going to go to conferences and do that kind of thing. My uh, my route is is slightly different, and what I talked about on on the podcast with Pete was um, one thing people don't consider is actually doing freelance work as a form mm -hmm. of networking. Interesting, and and that is something that I think a lot of college students, especially, can start looking at to take advantage of. Because here's the thing: when you do freelance work, a couple of things start to happen. One, you actually get paid for doing something that you want to do, which is way more helpful for me. Uh, I didn't love engineering, and so being able to do freelance work in digital marketing uh, allowed me to make money doing something I enjoyed more. But two, mm -hmm. you start building relationships with people in that industry. So what I came on his show to talk about was essentially that there's more to freelancing than just money. Most people think about freelancing as just a money play. So I'm going to mm -hmm. start doing work so I can get paid. But if you're a little more strategic about who you freelance for, it can have major benefits down the road. So um, so that's kind of my my reasoning for thinking about freelancing. Can as I have like, for a second here? Yeah, go for it. Okay, just personal anecdote. I actually just started freelancing for somebody who I've been looking up to for the last two years um, exclusively for the, the the experience and sort of the networking aspect of it. I wasn't even looking to get paid. So basically I hit this dude up on DMs on Instagram and yep. he's, he's a YouTube video creator and he okay. also has an Instagram account, but his Instagram account was really lacking. He didn't have nearly, he had like a hundredth of the following that he had on YouTube on Instagram. So I basically came yep. in and I was like, hey man, I'm gonna create Instagram content for you based on your YouTube stuff, get you more followers on Instagram. So I don't smart. want any money for this. I'm gonna do it completely yep. for free because so I've been smart. watching videos for like two years and I was like, man, I really wanna get to know this dude. I really wanna build a relationship here. Yep. And, yep. and I think I, I'm totally with that. Like I can vouch for you that freelancing yep. is, is a great way to do that. And, and going even further, he's, he's paying me now a very significant amount of money to do this for him. And yep. now I'm sort of also serving as kind of his virtual assistant, really just pick yep. up any projects that he doesn't want to toss in my way, yep. see if I want to do them. Uh, so, so I just want to say like, that really does work. It's so and just like <laughs> reaching out to the people that you look up to and, oh, and yeah. provide value to see, yep. it, it's such, it's such a good move. And it's such a power move because you can really you can really, you can build relationships. You can also make money in the process again, but building that relationship is so, so huge. And, All right. And what's yeah. great about it, and this is where like you hit the nail on the head, because what's great about it is that if you're a young person, whether you're mm -hmm. married or not, um, most of us don't have kids. And so, and that's like when, yes. when life really gets expensive is when yes. you start throwing kids into the mix. And so like, I took a significant pay cut when I left my job to do freelance work. Um, but mm -hmm. now here I am, let's see, I'm coming up on a year uh, a full-time freelance work and I haven't quite replaced my my engineering salary yet but I'm getting very very close it's looking realistic that by the time 2019 rolls around I'm going to have replaced my engineering salary so so wow. like it comes which is awesome but it didn't yeah. come at first I no, did freelancing for a long time 
for some for free and then some for a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. So you hit the nail on the head because uh, right now is the is the exact time that you can afford to take that pay cut. You can afford yes. to do work for free. Yes. Uh, now and now's when you need to be doing it. I love exactly. it. I love to hear that. I mean, I'm 19 years old. Like I realize yep. that there, I'm never going to have less obligations than I do nope. right now. No. Like, like I have rent and, and I have food. Um, yep. And then most of my school is is paid for it, thankfully, by a 529 yep. plan that my parents set up for me. I am taking yep. up some loans. But I just have so few obligations Jeez. right now that I can afford it. And I can afford to go out there and hustle for people totally. and sort of prove myself without having to make any money right now. Because that doesn't have to be my number one priority. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm doing all this stuff on YouTube and podcasting and all that stuff without making any money. Is, is just because I want to sort of build up my, my self equity before I try to like monetize anything and, and make money grabs because I, I can really afford to, to put my effort into stuff that I enjoy rather than stuff that I need to do to make money. Um, yes. But now we can get back to what you were saying. I just wanted to hop no. in there. Really quick. <laughs> no, like I'm so glad you said that because it's so smart and I love hearing that you're doing that. Um, I, I see a lot of people who want to start a business or want to start something like that. Mm -hmm. And they just try to focus just on that when really they may not have the skill set, the relationships or the readiness to do that. And so the smart play, in my opinion, is to start by doing freelance work for people that you think could help you and make it. I'd love it. <laughs> All right, so let, let's just jump into let's jump into the framework here. So, okay. um, I have a, I have a, a short framework that I kind of worked through that uh, I used when I was first starting out, and this is um, this is kind of how it goes. So, the first thing you want to do is just simply identify who it is that you actually feel like would benefit, uh, or somebody that you want to work with. And so, mm -hmm. for me, um, I run a, a financial uh, YouTube channel, and I have a, a finance website where I help young people manage their money. Love it. And so. Anybody who was either one in the online business world or two involved in the finance business world, I wanted to be uh, that was somebody potentially I would want to work with. Yeah. And so I just made a big list of who those people were. Um, and then the next step is to start thinking about, OK, how can you get around these people? How can you get in front of them? Mm -hmm. um, and so the the kind of the. The low barrier to entry is just to start commenting on their blogs, commenting on their YouTube videos, like yes. just paying attention and yeah. like getting your name in front of them. Uh, yeah, get, get on, on the email radar. list, hit mm -hmm. hit reply to their emails, like um, just be helpful and be around. Yeah. And then the key is to do that for uh, at least like I ideally like six months. Um, uh, yep leading up to a conference that's the key and so mm, if you okay. then if you can go to a conference where you know that they're going to be mm. uh, and you can make a point to meet them and again when you meet them we can get into this in a bit when sure. you meet them uh you don't want to go crazy and like uh, yeah, i always yeah, use the yeah. term like fanboy fangirl like yeah like you just want to be a normal person um but when you meet them hopefully because they've maybe seen you uh, on YouTube respond and they seen your profile picture and they, mm -hmm. they've seen your name pop up on things. Yeah. If you say, Hey, if I walk up and say, Hey, I'm Nick, uh, Nick true, love what you're doing. You know, I've been watching your YouTube videos for about six months now. I really like it. Just wanted to say, thanks. They'll know who you are. Yeah. They'll remember you. Um, and so that's, that's like a big, um, a big, big key because every single person I'm, I'm thinking with the exception of one, every mm -hmm. single person that I've done freelance work with has come after I've met them in person at a conference. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. Okay. And, and so it's not that you can't do it. It's just like a uh, part of it too, is knowing your strengths. So like mm -hmm. with me, um, I know that I do better in person. Okay. And so if I can get myself to a conference and I can get in front of people, um, I'm going to have a better shot of building a relationship that's going to go somewhere. Now, what you've done on, on DMing people on Instagram is so smart and in providing value for free. Like mm -hmm. that is the way to start. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
it's the way. Um, but like, I know, I know you're, you're going to be doing some more conferences this year. And I think yeah. that you're going to find that when you can start getting like in person, uh, real interactions with them, um, things, things start to really pick up. So with me, uh, like for instance, one of the, one of my freelance clients now is FinCon, which is the the financial media conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I did that was by being around, being on PT's radar, and then showing up at the conference and volunteering and helping out and just being there, not asking for anything in return, um, and then just paying attention. And then one day, um, probably eight or nine months after my first conference, um, PT posted in the Facebook group that they were looking for some help. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I reached out and said, you know, hey, I could help with this, this and this. And that's kind of how it started. But wow. he wouldn't have trusted me um, had we not met earlier and already been like kind of building that small relationship here and there. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Building a relationship is, is is key because once once you're on their radar, then they're, they're so much more willing to, to work with you because they know you're not just some rando walking off the street trying to like mooch off of them. Um, you've actually been like consuming their content and really like following up with them. Yep. And it, And you've done it well too. Like, um, so going back to the framework, right? So like number one is just identifying who, who it is. And then number two is getting around them. Yeah. My thing that's worked really well for me has been going to conferences. Um, but I love what you've done with the DM because what you did was you recognized and said, Hey, here's a guy that I like, here's a guy that mm-hmm. I follow. And here's an area that I know he needs help in. I can just yeah. see it. Yeah. It's actually an area that I'm strong at. So mm-hmm. I'm going to reach out and offer some free value say, Hey, I like your stuff. want to help. Like that's so smart. Um, but you've done like, that's probably not the, let me guess, the first time you DM'd him, was that the first time you'd ever commented on anything of his? Oh, no, 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 no. I'd been, I mean, I've been consuming his content for like two years, leaving comments pretty much that entire duration. So unknowingly, I'd been following your framework and like building up this repertoire with this guy. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I'd send him DMs in the past as well, just sort of like asking him questions and stuff, and he hadn't really responded, uh, which which shows like when you when you provide value first, because once I, once I sent him this, like I sent him pieces of content um, along with sort of my proposition for what I was going to do for him, uh, then he, then he was listening. Like when when I was just asking questions, when I was just asking from him, he wasn't he wasn't listening. But when I started providing value, that's when he started to listen. Yep, yep, exactly. You like you hit again. You hit the nail on the head. Like I, um, I I don't know how many cold emails I've sent, especially when I was starting out, that I never got replies to because I yeah. wasn't really providing value. I wasn't really mm-hmm. being helpful, mm-hmm. um, and that that just doesn't work. Um, Okay, so do we want to move to kind of the next thing? Yeah, sure. Um, so, so my next question, which which you sort of hit on a little bit already, is sort of why is networking important, and specifically why yeah. it's important for for college students. And you sort of talked about how it's really important to to build up these relationships with people in similar circles. Um, but but could you dive a little bit deeper in the the value, especially for younger people? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> um, the networking. So I actually, I actually did a lot of good networking in, in my old career in engineering while I was in college before I even kind of struck out on this new path. And the two, the two things I want to say is the first one is obvious. Most people understand that if you network and you build the right relationships, then you have the potential to make more money, right? Because uh, you'll get a different job offer. You'll get the opportunity to move up in an organization, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's yeah. obvious. That's what a lot of people think about. Um, what I want to hit on, though, is that what networking really does that's more valuable than than just money to me is it gives you more options. And mm-hmm. it gives you the ability to change your mind and do something different. And so with uh, networking while you're in college, what's going to happen is if you're building the if you're building strategic relationships while you're there, then not only will you get out of college and have a job, 
which is yeah. what most people are just concerned with. You'll mm -hmm. get out of college and you'll have your choice of a handful yeah. of jobs. Yeah. And that's key. So like for me, when I was in college, um, I got involved in a couple of um, like professional uh, organization. So no matter what your major is, they have, you know, these societies for me, okay. they had the American, uh, engineering association of whatever. So I got involved in a couple of those and I got involved in going to some of the conferences. And then I also got involved in presenting like at a couple of these conferences. Wow. And when you're able to do that, um, you're able to network with your professors at your university. And then you're mm -hmm. also able to network with the professors or people at other universities and companies. And the key mm -hmm. here, so that when I got out of college, um, I had a handful of job opportunities and I was able to kind of pick which one made the most sense to me. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I'll say on this is that um, the thing that I did that worked really well was I made sure and I got an internship uh, in an area that I thought I was going to. It, now, it turns out after the fact that I ended up totally changing career paths. But yeah. at the time, <laughs> um, at the time, I got an internship in an area that I that I planned on working in and planned on being in. And then I was able to use that internship to uh, to get a full time job later on after college. Wow. So to me, <clears throat> the importance of the networking is partly the money aspect. Sure, it mm -hmm. helps. Yeah. The real thing is when you're in college, you have no idea what you're really going. Like you kind of have an idea a little bit, but you don't mm -hmm. really know what you're going to want to be doing. I don't I'm 25. I don't know what I'm going to want to be doing 10 years <laughs> from now. To so if you can start building relationships, then you're a phone call away from saying, hey, man, thinking about changing things up, uh, do you have any, do you know of any opportunities available in this area? Mm. And if you've relationships years leading up to that, then one day when you change your mind, and you will, you'll be able to actually have those opportunities to do something different, which I think is huge. Mm, I like that. I like the whole opportunities thing and, and being able to, to sort of reach out to people and not just have it feel like you're just trying to mooch off of them, but actually have it be like you've, you've been building this relationship, you've been putting equity into this. Um, so now you can sort of you can sort of ask them if they, if they know of anything without feeling like you're just trying to take, take, take. So so I think that's really big on, on getting those opportunities for yourself. Well, and like an example here. So a lot of people, especially older people, right, like uh, uh, and people that I worked with uh, were very nervous for me when I left my job. It was mm. like, <clears throat> wait, you're gonna you're gonna leave this job that's like got good insurance and has all the good things, right? That everybody cares about, and you're just gonna go live in a camp or travel around the country and try to work off the internet. Is is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> and and the answer was yes. And I'm gonna try and figure it out and make it work. Now the good news is I am figuring it out and and I am making it work. But what was cool mm -hmm. is that I felt good friend like i say relationships like friendships i built good friendships with people in that industry and i know for a fact that i am one phone call away from getting a job that's going to pay really well if i need it and so mm -hmm. it gave confidence um like when i left i had two or three people at different companies that that the company i worked for uh was working with clients of ours and different people mm -hmm. that told me like hey if you ever change your mind and you want to come back like give me a call um and and you'll have a job and so that's one of those things where it gave me the confidence, again, those options. It gave me the confidence to go and try something because I was like, look, worst case scenario, what I'm trying fails. And a year from now, I have to call up some guys and I go work again in my old industry. Um, that <laughs> That's not that big that's a deal. That's so and big. I like so many people have have these ideas of like worst case scenario, like like everything is ruined. My whole life takes 10 steps backward and and then I'll never recover. But But really when you step back and look at it, like, 
again, if you have these relationships and if you have these these connections, uh, there's really there's like even if you go out on your own and completely fail, you you, you flop on everything. There's there's always going to be there's always going to be fallbacks. Uh, so, so people, I don't know. I think it's really important to keep things in perspective and, and not be worried about, about leaving the security of, of a job to maybe try totally. something that you might get a ton more, um, enjoyment out of or value out of just, just to see. And like, even if you exactly. fail, like it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not. And that's, and that's where, you know, like, um, my father-in-law actually, um, has worked at the exact, he's, uh, he just turned 61. He's worked at the same company since he was 18. Wow. Um, it's like crazy. Like, and, and I like kudos to him. I'm not hating on him at all. I think no. what he's done is awesome, but the, but the, our world in 2018 doesn't work like that. No. Um, <laughs> technology moves way too quickly. Um, and things are going to happen and it's just, it's very unlikely that you're going to work at the same company for 40 years. But the cool thing is that you might work with some of those people in different mm. capacities at different points in your career. And so if you can think about building the relationships, and building the friendships with those people, then no matter what happens, like you said, the worst case scenario is really not that bad of a scenario. No, not at all. Um, so, so moving on a little bit, uh, you sort of mentioned this again earlier that that you should be networking with people who are in the circles that you sort of want to yeah. build up, build yourself in, and sort of gain gain knowledge from, and sort of contribute to as well. Um, but do you think we should be networking with with everybody? Do you think? we should only network with people who, when we have a specific goal from that interaction or sort of just how do you think about targeting your networking? So I think, um, I think that when you start off, uh, mm -hmm. when you're really young, like all of us, yes. then there's some value in starting to network and keeping it really wide. Um, and, and really just like literally thinking about building good relationships with anybody and everybody. Yeah. You never know. What could some, exactly. But at some point, um, you do reach capacity. I was actually listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago and they were talking about how like just our brains and we're literally not wired to be able to handle more than like 150 or 200 pretty mm -hmm. close relationships. Yeah. We talked about that in a communication class of mine last semester and it I really, thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, so when you start thinking about it that way, then at some point you are going to hit a limit and mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not there yet. Um, and so that's fine. Yeah. But I think that there's something to be said for identifying those circles. So going back to that point in college, it's hard to know really, like I said, for me, it's hard to know, but if you have some vague idea, like for me right now at this moment, mm -hmm. I feel very strongly about the fact that no matter where I'm going to be in 10 or 15 years, I probably want to be doing something with finance mm -hmm. and something with online business. All right. So I have a game plan for what I'm doing right now, but to be honest, that may not work 15 years from now, but I know this okay. is the industry or the, the area that I want to be in. And so since I know that, then I can start building relationships with players in that industry. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the way I think about it. Like, it, you know, it, it's not going to benefit you to try and build deep relationships with everybody. And like, if you're on Instagram, for instance, right, you could yeah. look at, you could look at everything. I'm super interested in ultimate Frisbee. I love ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't plan on really building a business in that area or mm -hmm. do anything with it other than just playing it as a, as a casual pickup player. Yeah. So I'm not like focused on building relationships with people in that industry. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. And, and yeah, that, that, yeah, just targeting, targeting your networking. And that's really key as well. Knowing, knowing sort of what areas you're interested in because so many of my peers don't, ha haven't even achieved that yet. So I yep. think, and, and networking generally can be a good way to actually like narrow yes. it down and, and figure, figure out, out what sort of areas you actually are interested in. So I think, yeah, I think it's a really good, a really good idea that you said of, of sort of starting broad, 
And then as you figure out sort of where you want to be uh, long term, as far as like general areas go, like targeting yep. in on that, I think that's a really good, a really good strategy. And like, and thinking about how they're tangentially related. So for instance, um, the other main client that I work with right now uh, is in the speaking industry. Okay. It has nothing to do with finance at all, but he runs a business that is structured in a very similar way as to how I want to run a business. Hmm. And he is in a part of the country, he's in Nashville, Tennessee, and hmm. I'm from Chattanooga. And I know that long-term when my wife and I get done traveling, we plan to live in the Southeast. Hmm. And so he's, he's, he's built a lot of good relationships with a lot of the entrepreneurs in that area of the country. I know mm. that one day I plan to live in that area of the country. So mm. it makes sense for me to build relationships through him, with him, and then also with his peers, with people in that area of the country. And so even though he's not in finance, let's say, mm -hmm. which is not directly related to what I'm doing, sure. he's got some other things going on in his business that make it a really smart move for me to hang out with him for a while. Mm. All right, so that actually leads right into my next question. Uh, which is, do you feel that that once you start to build this network and you start to, to lock down clients as a freelancer or, or whatever, uh, that it becomes easier to sort of network with the connections of your connections or sort of network through people oh, instead of just yes. networking to people? Yeah. Okay. So perfect. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, that's, that's uh, so much of the appeal because um, you start realizing just really how small the world is. I mean, it's really, really <laughs> funny. Um, as like, oh my gosh, it's so small. And so this, like I was alluding to here, this client with the uh, speaking industry, mm -hmm. he came as a direct result of working with FinCon because mm, he's good wow. friends with PT. Okay. And he knew that if PT liked working with me, then I would be a good fit, you know, or whatever. Mm. Um, and then now, I'm hanging out with him. I'm going to Nashville for meetings. I'm going to Nashville for different stuff. And I just naturally find myself hanging out with him and, and other people that he's involved with and other business owners. And then also sometimes I just find myself literally interacting with them as a form of my job. And so a lot of my stuff with what I do, I do a lot of the marketing and tech behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So when we partner up with other companies to either do a, a webinar launch or, or, or to launch a product together or even just to, to bounce some ideas off of each other, I'm often interacting directly with other entrepreneurs who I look up to or other entrepreneurs' teams that we're interacting with. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's really wild. Like a year ago, I would not have known that these kind of opportunities would have come out of this gig, but it's really amazing to, to see what's happened. Mm. And and like you said before, how how you got this client out of your relationship with PT and FinCon? Yep. Um, being able to sort of get their um, quote unquote like stamp of approval, like like he saw that yes. oh, if you're working with PT and PT likes you, then then you would be a good fit here. So I think that's also yep. a very valuable thing to to sort of um, you have sort of like the street cred of oh, I've worked with this person and they like me. So so yeah. And, yeah. So if they have that relationship there, then then you can sort of just benefit from that as well. Um, so so have you found networking? to affect your, your available work and projects as a freelancer. And obviously it sounds like you've locked down some of your major clients this way, um, but could you just talk a little bit about on how sort of your, your networking sort of leads to, to these work opportunities and how you sort of position that? Sure. So as far as um, the networking leading to that, part of it is networking, again, with that, that list you made at the very beginning yep. without a single expectation of exactly what where something's going to go. Mm. So for instance, with the speaker, uh, it, it's his name's Grant Baldwin for anybody who um, is familiar with him. But right. Grant, I met Grant at a conference God, three and a half years ago, probably um, very briefly. And he probably doesn't even remember me in that first interaction. <laughs> 
But then I met him again in another conference. And then I met him again in another conference. And um, I had had interacted with him for like two years, never expecting to work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was looking at what I was doing. I was doing digital marketing work for people in the finance industry. Okay. Right. And so I was going to these conferences and just meeting as many people as possible. And when it naturally came up in conversation, I would tell them what I did. Yeah. So I do this kind of work. Uh, I help business owners with this kind of thing. And then naturally some people would go like, Oh, wow, I actually need help with that. Like, um, that maybe we want to set up a call. And then sometimes it would be, well, that's cool. Um, and then that would be it. Mm-hmm. But then something might come up later, a week or two or a month later, if, mm-hmm. if one of their friends referred them. But for instance, let me give this specific example. So with right. this example, I said that FinCon, PT posted in the Facebook group, mm-hmm. hey, we're looking for somebody to help us do this. And I basically sent an email and said, hey, I saw the in the Facebook group. Um, I can totally help you with that. Let me know. Let me know if you, know, you want to set up a call. Fast forward, I started working with FinCon. I was working with them for a little over a year. And, um, I saw Grant again at a conference and I ended up being able to go to lunch with him and like four or five other people. We didn't talk about my job. We didn't talk about anything like that. We just like, it was friends having lunch. We just talked about random stuff. (laughs) Um, but it gave him the opportunity to interact with me in just a casual environment. Okay. A week after FinCon and we had that lunch, it ended with like literally nothing about what I do a week Mm -hmm. after he sends me a message on Twitter of all places. (laughs) Um, and says, Hey man, and really enjoyed lunch last week. I noticed that you're working with FinCon and you're doing this kind of work. Um, we're actually looking for somebody to help us out with that. Do you have any availability? Mm -hmm. And would you be willing to hop on an interview call? I was like, yes. And yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so we, we, you know, we hopped on a call. I filled out a, an application for him. And, uh, and now I've been working with Grant for, um, and coming up on uh, 10 months here. Wow. So, so part of it, I, I say all that because part of it is you don't know exactly how it's going to pay off. Oh, yeah. But here's, really. here's the way I think about it is that mm-hmm. if you start building the relationships and you just naturally let people know what you do, yeah, then things will start to happen that makes so like for me um you you brought up the do you even blog podcast i've helped Mm -hmm. pete land a couple of uh freelance clients and he's helped me um he's helped me reach out with a couple of clients as well um just because we're friends and we know what each other is good at we know each other strong in. so if Mm -hmm. i ever get a request for this kind of work and i say well you know i really don't have any time or bandwidth or that's not really my strength but here Mm -hmm. let me refer you to my friend who is really good at that and who does have time and so that's the way a lot of people get freelance work is just by building friends with other freelancers as well. That's so that's so valuable because if other people don't know what you're up to, if they don't know what you're doing, like personally, when I first started my YouTube channel, um, I didn't tell anybody about it. So nobody knew about it. Nobody could yes. like refer their friends to me when their friends had like financial questions, when, when yep. they knew a college student that was that was sort of struggling financially. Nobody could refer them to me because they didn't know what I was doing. So, so once I actually started telling people about what I was doing, sort of just being like, hey, um, heads up, this is what I'm up to right now. Yep. Then, then I was able to get all these people to, to sort of spread the word and refer people who, who were interested to what I was doing. So that, that's really, really valuable to just sort of get your name out there and let people know what you're up to because if they don't know what you're up to, then how are they exactly. going to support you in that? Because there's so many people out there, your friends, your family, whatever, who, who really do want to support you. But if they don't know how, they don't know what you're actually yep. doing, then they can't really do yep. that effectively. So, so I think that's really, really key and I'm glad you hit on that. Um, Next thing I want to dive right into is, is earlier in the show, you mentioned that all but one of, of your major clients have come from um, interactions that you've had with them. Um, I think you said primarily at conferences. So yep. 
I, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you actually look for when, you, when you're looking at a, a conference or, or some kind of networking opportunity? Um, other than maybe some of the people that you've been building relationships with for the last like six months or so, like you said, um, what do you look for in, in a conference or, or networking opportunity to sort of evaluate if it is something that you actually want to pursue? Because I mean, some of these things can have kind of high price tags, especially for, for a young person totally. um, who might actually have to do some travel as well. So, so um, totally. can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I do want to preface it with, I, I know I mentioned this briefly, but it is important. You got, you got to know your strengths. And so like yes. I have a, one of my best friends is not good at first impressions. And like, mm -hmm. he is just, he's just more introverted. Like it's just not his strong suit. He doesn't do great in large environments of new people. Okay. Um, and so he actually does not, even though conferencing has worked well for me, mm -hmm. he doesn't do his networking in that way. Okay. Um, and so I do want to preface it with, you do got to know your strengths, but if you think that going to conferences would be a good strategy for you, then here's what I would say. Um, number one is looking at um, any kind of um, promotional material that they've had out for the previous years, if you can find them, and right. trying to look for the recap videos and trying to then Google and see if you can find like, insert conference name review and see if mm -hmm. you can find YouTube videos or a podcast or blog posts of previous attendees and what they've said about it. like you can look at their marketing material all day long yeah. but look at the previous attendees and see what they say okay. that will help you identify if it's a good fit and then also the type of people who are typically going mm, um okay. the second thing that i look at and so you brought up a good point travel's expensive especially yeah. for young people how can you afford these high price tags so for me the uh, the very first conference that I ever went to, I literally just looked at conferences that were semi relevant to what I'm doing, but as <laughs> close to home as possible. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, and so I used to live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Nashville mm. is about three hours away. Right. Um, and so I ended up finding a conference that was there for writers. I'm not a writer. I don't plan on <laughs> publishing a book anytime soon. Uh, I have done some writing, but I don't consider myself a writer mm -hmm. but it was with people that again that nashville bit i knew that the type of people who were in nashville would be the type of people uh that i long term want to be around because i plan to live in that area mm -hmm. um and so i did that conference super like i paid for the ticket i literally slept in slept <laughs> slept in my car in a walmart parking lot uh, and showered at the truck stop near like you could uh, do it jeep yeah. um and so that's what I did. And that's where I met Grant Baldwin for the very first time who I'm now working with. Right. So, wow, okay. <laughs> um, so it, it is funny. It's funny how that stuff works, but so I would look at location and I would look at, um, Googling reviews of the conference to see if you can find the people. And then that will help you identify if a conference may or may not make sense for you in my opinion. All right. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like hearing from, from actual people who have been there besides just like, you know, the marketing material because they can make that sound however they want it to. Totally. Um, but, but actually hearing like the voices of people who have gone, um, in their own, in their own spaces is, is really valuable yep. as well. Um, so for oh, let you, me say two oh, more yes, things on perfect. that. Let me say two more things on that. Uh, number one is try and get involved early on those email lists for those conferences. Okay. Like for FinCon, we have, um, scholarships and a competition that we host every single year. And yeah. part of the problem is that people don't realize that that's even a thing. Mm. And so they don't ask about it until way after the fact is too late. The yes. way I went to my first FinCon was I won, uh, the competition that year for an article and they paid for my, my airfare, uh, and my, my ticket cost. Wow. Um, okay. and so that's how I got to go. Cause I don't have any money that year. I didn't have any money at all. <laughs> um, and so, look at that. And then two, FinCon is not this way, but mm -hmm. there are a lot of conferences that will waive ticket price 
um, if you volunteer at the conference. Mm, and so okay. also um, inquire if you find a conference that you want to look at, um, it's worth reaching out to them and seeing if they have um, an option for you to volunteer and get to go for free that way. I've had friends who, who do that successfully. I like both those tips a lot. I actually got, I'm getting a scholarship to FinCon this year uh, because it's go. my first year you're creating. So um, I, that, that's really cool as well. So, yep. so yeah, definitely look into those scholarship opportunities because um, it definitely, I don't think I would have been able to afford it had, had it not been for that scholarship and, and for travel, I'm just staying dirt cheap. I found an Airbnb uh, in Orlando for $14 a night. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you gotta be it. resourceful and find those good travel opportunities and, and just really find ways to make it affordable for you. Um, yep. because there are a lot of opportunities and, and I like that tip about volunteering as well. Um, I'll definitely have to look into that for future conferences that I, um, think about going to. Um, so, so you mentioned before that, that, you know, that personally you're, you're good at, at networking in person and making good first impressions and that sort of just like, um, rubbing, rubbing off well on people. Um, so yep. for you personally, do you do much online networking? Like you said, you, you like to, um, sort of build up, um, some, some basic interactions with people through, through their content by, by leaving feedback and, and, uh, emailing them and stuff like that. Um, but yep. for you, do you do much online networking and what's sort of like the differences for you between between online networking and sort of the in-person networking? Sure. So um, <clears throat> one thing I'll, I'll throw out there is uh, I would highly, highly recommend um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's an old oh, book. Yes. It's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. But that was like, that was when my eyes were opened to like <laughs> uh, the world of building relationships. And the stuff in that book, even though it was written before the internet existed, the stuff in that book is very helpful for both in person and online. So I do try and do a, a good bit of online networking. Um, but I found for me, Again, going back to your strengths, I'm I'm going to a conference at least once a quarter. Um, like I go to a lot of conferences. And so for me, I'm constantly thinking about who's going to be at that next conference and who should I be mm -hmm. networking with um, building up to that. Okay. So, but in the online world, if, if it's somebody who I'm just thinking about as being like online, what I'm trying to do is kind of what I said earlier. I'm commenting on their stuff regularly. I am mm -hmm. emailing or replying to their stuff regularly. And then if it really makes sense, I'm going out of my way to do like stuff that's really going to set me apart. So for instance, mm -hmm. there's a guy named Aaron Walker. He mm -hmm. runs a website called uh, uh, Iron Sharpens Iron. Okay. He's, uh, he's uh, a bit of an, he's not old, but he's an older guy. Been around the entrepreneurship world for a long, long, long time. Cool. And I heard him on two podcasts back to back and his story just like it really hit me like it really resonated with me deeply and like hmm. I love his stuff. Okay. So what I did is I got on his newsletter and what mm -hmm. people recognize is that legally by the FCC, every single person who has a newsletter has to legally put an address in the bottom of that newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, now, most of the time, it's not their home address because that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's normally a P.O. box and it's normally but it's normally an address that it's like a business address that they do check. Yeah. So what I did with Aaron is I literally got an old school handwritten note and I just mm. wrote him a note and mailed it to him. And I just said, and, and the note was not pitchy at all. Just said, Hey, really love your stuff. Heard you on this podcast. This in particular really hit home for me. Thank you so much for putting this out there in the world. Um, you know, That's hope to meet amazing. you one day. Nick I true. love that so much. <laughs> okay. So I sent that to him. 
Uh, I didn't even know that he was going to be, I didn't know exactly if he was going to be at a particular conference, but he ended up being at a conference that I went to a few months later. <laughs> and I, I want, I was able to go up to him and said, Hey, um, I'm Nick true. You know, I, I actually, and, and before I was about to say, I sent you a handwritten and he goes, I remember you, you sent me a note a couple months ago. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and I was like, wow. it was mind blowing, right? <laughs> um, and so that, that's kind of the other thing I would say, I would say start online, mm -hmm. but if you can take things offline, whether it's in sending letters, whether it's in conferences, I just think that the real, like that real stuff is stuff that people are unwilling to do. And it's mm. a way to make you stand out. I completely agree. Like so many people are, are willing to, to email, to, to comment, yep. to maybe send a DM on Instagram. But, but when it comes to actually like finding a way to, to interact with people in person or, or do something a little bit more um, real, like you said, uh, they, yep. they're just not willing to sort of make that step to, to that area. Um, and that also sort of leads into my next question, which is um, for, for you, what do you think besides conferences? Because we've, we've hit on conferences a bit already, totally. but where do you think some of the best places are to network um, in general and for college students specifically? So college students specifically, um, a couple of places that I had real success was starting out by going to just the fairs, the college fairs that they have, job sure. fairs, whatever. And that just helps you, especially if you plan on working in the area that you're going to college in. Mm -hmm. um, so start there because that's going to help you realize what companies recognize the value and like being around some college kids. Mm, okay. And then... Um, now this, this won't work for some people who live like in really rural areas. Okay. Um, but if you live in like even near like a semi decent sized city, like Chattanooga is a small city compared to big cities, mm -hmm. but it's a big enough city. And so Chattanooga has lots of just random events that get thrown by either the chamber of commerce or by local organizations. And oh. most of them are free for you to go to. So, um, there was a one that was called, uh, Oh, what was it called? It, um, there was a, it was like a pitch thing. And so all okay. these entrepreneurs would show up once a month at this random place on a Thursday night in Chattanooga. Uh -huh. And it was just like a pitch competition uh -huh. and they just get up there and pitch ideas. Um, and so if you know that you want to play in the business world and it's free to go to, well, yeah. shoot, just go to, because you know, uh -huh. other people that are going to be there are going to be interested in the same kind of stuff you're interested in. And so I would say that if you live close to any kind of decent sized city, mm -hmm. um, look and see what your city has to offer. Cause I think you'll be really surprised if you just get on Google and type in X kind of event in Y city and just see yeah. what happens. I, I really like that. And also meetup.com. I've been really getting yes. into to looking at meetups lately in, in areas that I'm interested in. And obviously right now for the summer, I'm located in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is a huge, huge area. So there's a yep. ton, a ton of meetups, a ton of opportunities to, to go out and meet people that are interested in similar things as me. But but even in smaller cities, um, I think meetup.com is a great resource to sort of find people who are yes. interested in, in similar things as you are and, and sort of getting to events in front of those people and getting to meet those people and and just like getting in front of a target group of people that are that are interested in the same thing as you. I think it's a really good thing to do. To, 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 totally. to. Um, so what should people expect to come from networking? What should people have as, as their end goal from this, do you think? Again, I think, so this kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning in terms of like thinking long-term and not wanting to have a taking relationship. Yes. If you come into networking and and it, and you're thinking in your head, what am I going to get out of this? Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to hide that. People are going to mm -hmm. see right through it and yes. it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So I do think you have to genuinely care about the people that you're meeting mm -hmm. and you have to genuinely just believe blindly in some ways <laughs> 
um, that building relationships is just a smart move. Um, and if you can get to those beliefs in your head, then you just start making real friendships and just see what happens. Um, as far as the the end game, I think that ultimately um, the, the, the word opportunity, I'm going to come back to that. The opportunities okay. piece mm. um, is, is, is the number one thing. And that's what is going to come from it because you're going to, whether it's an opportunity to find a new client, to get a new job, uh, to go on a trip, to get invited to something like, opportunities that will come from building real relationships is what you should ultimately be thinking about as like the the point mm, I, i'm totally with that and like again if you're not on somebody's radar how are they going to, to get you an opportunity yes. that's going to fit you how are they going to get you any opportunity at all if they don't even know you exist if they don't know what you're doing if they don't know what your goals are so i think yeah. that's really really big uh last thing i want to ask you before we get into the questions that i like to ask all of my guests Sure. Is what is what is the secret to effective networking? What is the secret to making um, good impressions, or just sort of like building an, a, a network of people that that are going to help you get those opportunities in in the long run? Sure. So the number one word here is the word empathy, right? Which mm. is uh, which is a little bit different than sympathy. People sometimes get those two confused. Yeah. Empathy is being able to understand what the other person wants and either. Um, caring deeply about it and just listening to them or mm -hmm. actually going out of your way to try and figure out how to help them. Yes. But empathy is saying, if I was that person, uh, what would I be most interested in? And so the key here is to make sure that in every conversation, you're thinking about what is the other person getting out of this conversation? Mm -hmm. Where are they trying to go? How can I help them? Mm. Um, sometimes that's big stuff like, um, a, for instance, a friend, um, recently I love, she's so direct. She's awesome. She just, at the end of almost every conversation she will ask and she's like, Hey, um, what are you working on right now? And is there anything I could do to help you? Mm, and I, I was like, a lot. <laughs> and I was like, I'm using that. But I told her, <laughs> I said, um, I said, sure. Honestly, um, I'm looking to get on a lot of podcast interviews mm -hmm. and she's all right. And then not, not three or four weeks later, she recommended me to be on a, a pretty big podcast. And so I, I've got that coming up this fall probably, but, Damn. um, so awesome about that because she was just so direct and like straight, Hey, how can I help you? So I love that approach. Um, and then there's also a little nuances. So the last thing I'll sneak in here is the, mm -hmm. the new approach, which is like to take lots of notes during, not during it's weird. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> conversation and then whenever you leave the conversation take notes whether it's an audio clip on your phone or you're literally writing things down mm -hmm. and the thing for are what is emotionally deeply connecting to this person and how can i either a use that to help them or give something to them or b how can i um, actually just remember that and ask them about it next time here's mm. two examples okay i'm with somebody who has kids you better mm. bet i'm gonna ask them because there's almost nothing more emotional acting and parents love nothing more than talking about their kids. Oh yeah. And so then what I'm going to pay to is what stage of life is their kid in? Do they just have a kid? Is their kid graduating soon? Like what's going on? Is there anything significant coming up in their kid's life? And what's great is that there's almost always something coming up significant in a kid's life. <laughs> and so I write, I keep it in mind. And then the next time I see that person six months, a year later, I ask them, Hey, um, I heard that, um, you know, Johnny was about to be graduating high school uh, and was looking at colleges. Where did he ended up deciding to go? You'll be amazed at mm -hmm. how much people will be so grateful that you remembered that and you remember to ask them about it. Um, so that piece, the emotional, and then the other one is I just literally take notes on things that people like so that if one day in the future, um, 
it makes sense for me to do something with for instance I have a good friend of mine um, who I met through the financial world. She randomly posted on Facebook one day how this very particular type of chocolate is like her absolute favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get it very often. but she- So I have a, a spreadsheet that I keep with people's names in it. And I just wrote that down in that spreadsheet. I've never done anything with information, but like a year or two from now, I may decide to randomly send her a box of these chocolates um, for something, maybe to thank her for something or, or just to say, hey, congrats on whatever. Um, and the fact that I know exactly what weird little obscure type of chocolate she likes. So anything that's unique, anything that is deeply connecting, I'm paying attention to. Hmm. I like that a lot. I really do like that a lot. Um, I think that's a very sort of like Gary V approach um, to sort of to sort of like deploy a lot of empathy and really just try to try to figure yeah. out what makes the other person tick and how you could really provide the most value to them and really like make up make a big impact on them. Um, in your actions and, and your words. So I think that's great. And I think it's a great answer to that question. Um, so now we're going to hop into some questions that I like to ask all of my guests. And I think they're a little bit selfish just because they're, they're really for me to sort of get to know these answers a little bit better and to sort of help myself build up good habits and whatnot. Um, but I hope you guys in the audience are also getting some, some value from these as well. So the first of which is how do you stay motivated? What, what drives you to, to keep going with, with your work, your freelancing, all that stuff? Um, th- so you mentioned Gary V. This is going to be a very Gary V answer, um, but it's really helped me out a lot. And, and lately, and that is uh, just simply um, gratitude for where I'm at in my life mm. and what I have going on. And so um, at the end of the day, I live in America in 2018 with the internet. Um, I don't live in some third world country where there's a disease that's killing everybody off by the time they're 35 years old. Like my life is really, really incredible. And so whenever I feel bad about my situation or bad about something that's going on, I really try hard to deeply remember all the good things that are in my life. Uh, and that helps me kind of just get into a better, like, wow. Okay. What I really have to complain about. (laughs) Um, and, and so, and then the motivation aspect comes out of that because it, it says, listen, if I'm if I'm really been blessed all this much with my life, like I need to, I need to take advantage of this. I need to yeah. not like be lazy with this. I need to yeah. do something with this because that's a disservice to all the people who weren't put in the same situation that I was put in. Mm. Yeah, that is, that's a very Gary V answer of you, but I really totally. do like that. And I think <laughs> just having that gratitude and that perspective to realize sort of what you have and, and, and take advantage of that is, is huge. And I think it's, it's something that especially not a lot of young people are thinking about, uh, so I think yep. that's a very valuable, very valuable add to, to this episode. Um, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, whether those be um, within within your work, your business, or or just holistically in your life? Uh, yeah. So here's one that um, have has served me well when I'm able to do it. Um, <laughs> I've 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 been listening to a lot of uh, Jocko Willing here lately. Ooh, um, okay. Jocko's a retired Navy SEAL. Yeah. And uh, I love Jocko stuff. Over the past month and a half, two months, my wife and I have been trying to consistently get up earlier. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we aim for 5.30. I'd love wow. to get to where I'm getting up around 5. Um, and setting out a kind of a morning routine. I'll be perfectly honest, I have not done great with this. Um, I'm, I'm probably averaging four or five days a week out of seven, but I, okay. I want to get to seven. Um, but like being able to get up early and do exactly what um, is most important for me that day Mm, first thing in the morning and get that done has been huge uh it's something i wish i would have done in college it's something i I wish i would have really started thinking about getting up early and just getting after it first thing in the morning because there's something so satisfying about knowing that by nine or eight 
at nine or 10 o'clock at night, which is when I would used to, okay, let's get to work. <laughs> um, having stuff done. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of that. I like that. I like that a lot. I've definitely been trying to get after the mornings a lot more. Haven't quite stepped into to the five range, but, but getting yeah. up around six or six 30 is, is yep. where I'm at. Um, have there been any, uh, book or, or books that have really had a huge impact on you? Again, these can be holistically business related, sure. um, freelancing related, however you want to take it. Uh, so I mentioned how to win friends and influence people. That yep. book had a major impact on my life. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that. No matter if you're in business or not, if you are interacting with people, you should read that book. <laughs> um, <laughs> another one, let's see. So I, I try to read a few books. Uh, I try to read a lot. And yeah. here recently, um, one of the ones that I keep coming back to is that I've been preachy about almost mm -hmm. has been this one called the 12 week year. Okay. And, um, it could be applied for literally anything. Um, and mostly what it, the, the pr basic premise of the book is, uh, humans really suck at estimating long-term goals, what they can accomplish. Yes. Um, agree. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically the premise is stop, just stop doing that. Quit setting yearly goals, quit setting annual, um, new year's resolutions mm -hmm. and start thinking about an entire year in 12 weeks. And they apply this to mm. your fitness. They apply it to your money, to your savings. They apply it to your business. And, uh, and basically what they look at and say is, okay, forget thinking long-term or not long. Like you, you should basically think long, long-term three, five, yeah. 10 years out. And then you okay. should think super short-term. Okay. So forget that middle stuff. Hmm. And then how can you set goals that are really going to make an impact in the next 12 weeks? And then what do you need to do to make those happen 12 weeks from now? Basically, you're just way better at estimating what you can get done in shorter amounts of time than you are in longer. So um, I'm in I'm in like week eight or nine of my first 12 week year that I've kind of okay. implemented. And I'm just really uh, I'm just really enjoying the process. And I, I think it's going to be serve me well for a long term. I like that a lot. I definitely have a very tough time estimating how long things are going to like how, how much I can, yeah, how much I can get done in a year yeah. as opposed to like a shorter time frame. So I think it's a really valuable approach. I'm definitely going to have to uh, add that to the reading list um, on, top of, on top of a lot of other books. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> totally. After reading a lot too lately, um, definitely I, I was, I was going like two books a week at one point, but I definitely had to scale Ooh. that back a bit when I started a bunch of yeah. new projects. So, so it's just, it, it's, it's as much as I can prioritize it. Um, to be so, so the last question that I just have for you, it's sort of a chance for you to sort of, um, rep, whatever you want to rep sort of, um, where, where can people find out more about you and where can people connect with you? Feel free to, sure. to direct people to wherever would be best to contact you, wherever you think you could provide the most value to people. Yeah. So right now I'm really, really focused on my YouTube channel. Um, mm -hmm. it's called Nick true mapped out money. Um, and so that's kind of where I, I tend to spend most of my time and hang out. Uh, I, I do, you know, I have a website and a blog that's all mapped out money. Everything is, is under that name. Um, but the YouTube channel is kind of my home base and that's where I'm spending a lot of my time. So if you're interested in connecting with me, check me out there. If you want to get in direct contact with me, uh, just shoot me an email. It's a uh, Nick at mappedoutmoney.com or you can find me on Twitter at Nick D true. So, yeah. Perfect. And we'll leave all that in the show notes uh, as well. That's going to be applecreditorcom slash 018 because it's episode 18 of Young Smart Money. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to wrap up with, Nick, before we go? Um, I, I definitely want to thank you for, for your time today and, and taking it, spending it here, um, providing a ton of value on networking for, for our audience. But anything you want to uh, leave us with today? 
I, I don't think so. I mean, other than like, dude, I, I love what you're doing. I love the fact <laughs> that you're like 19 and just getting after it. Um, and anybody who's listening to this podcast, if man, if you're in your teens or your early twenties, like kudos to you for, uh, for really trying to get up on this self-improvement and long-term game, uh, early. I'm all about it. Thank you, man. I really appreciate Great. that. And I appreciate you uh, spending your time here today. Have a great day, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking around for the show. I hope you got a ton of value from it. I know I did. I had a blast talking to Nick on the show and I'm super stoked to see him at FinCon in just a few days now. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, feel free to either uh, drop a review on iTunes or leave a like and comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and let me know what you thought of this episode as well. If you're a freelancer, what you thought of this. Um, and if you're just trying to build your network as a college student, what you thought of this as well, because I think it's a really valuable episode. And I know I'm going to be taking a lot of this stuff and using it in my networking efforts going forward and at FinCon. So I'll catch y'all in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. My name has been Apple Crater and this has been Young Smart Money.